This podcast is brought to you by Glossier, a beauty brand inspired by real life. Thanks, Glossier, for supporting Satellite Sisters. Visit Glossier.com and use promo code SISTERS for 20% off your first purchase. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters recap of Madam Secretary, the CBS drama starring Taya Leone and Tim Daly. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sister, Julie Dolan, who this week is in Brooklyn, New York. Julie, have you spotted any of the cast or crew of Madam Secretary in Brooklyn? Because I know they shoot in the New York area. Any any spottings this week? Not not yet, but my eyes are peeled, Leanne. And you know how good I am at celebrity sightings. So I, I think I won't have any difficulty uh, tracking them down. For those of you who are new to the Satellite Sisters review of Madam Secretary, Julie's not good at celebrity sightings. But she is not good. Not <laughs> He's good at many, many other things. And she's a great eye for detail on foreign policy. That's why I love having her along here on these TV recaps. She watches with the eye of someone who's lived abroad for many years, reads the newspaper, has an actual interest in diplomacy. And I'm a writer, so we combine our skills for this Madam Secretary recap. Okay, Julie, this, re- this episode was called The Linchpin. And I think most people think they are the linchpin, don't you? Like... <laughs> Just personally. The center of their own universe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. When you look at whatever your workplace or your family or, you know, your neighborhood, you feel like, oh, I'm the linchpin that holds it all together. So I like the title of this because there were a lot of linchpins happening this week. But wow, I really thought this episode had it all, didn't you? It was action-packed, Leanne. I mean, when you consider that we had a hanging, a coup, uh, there's a revolution going on, uh, we had SWAT team, a SWAT team, I mean, it was just go, go, go the entire episode. Yeah, Madam Secretary gets more done by that first commercial break than that designated survivor does the whole show. I mean, that guy <laughs> just sits around in the Oval Office, gets nothing done, but not Madam Secretary. I mean, she made not one, but two trips to Algiers in a course of what, like 12 hours, correct? Yes, I think she did. She does a little time travel there because within 24 hours, she went to Algiers, uh, Algeria and back twice, which I don't think is possible, but she is Madam Secretary, so anything is possible. I liked when she had to make the second trip. She like got home, oh, like light bulb moment. She's like, I got to go back to Algiers. Like, oh shoot, I forgot to pick up the seltzer at the grocery store. You know, I was like, just change out of those high heels. Don't you want to put on some cozy clothes to get back in that Air Force Three or whatever you fly in? All right. So this is what happened on the linchpin. So we have Madam Secretary. She is getting it done on the ground and in the air. We have Henry. He is wearing blue jeans and he's going all Indiana Jones trying to save these antiquities, which I love that storyline. And then we have the sassy McCord kids eating breakfast and inciting security concerns. So that was good. And then finally, in one just horrific scene, we have a deposed despot who's lying on a like a couch eating figs, staring into the camera in a silk bathrobe like he's Hugh Hefner's, you know, meets Isis. What was that scene, Julie? That was I gross. know. When I saw him uh, go for those plate of figs, I was like, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't put it in your mouth. And of course he did. So, yeah. <laughs> Whew. A lot going on. And we have kind of a cliffhanger at the end of the episode. So the linchpin, fantastic episode here to kick off uh, season three uh, at the beginning of season three. All right. First of all, let's take the three storylines. 
All right. In terms of Algiers, now the U.S. is trying to Algeria. get the, Algeria. Algeria. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the the U.S. is trying to get the madman who runs Algeria out of power and install mm-hmm. a moderate professor because that's what we like to do, right, Jill? Uh, <laughs> they, are they always professors? That's, that's pretty. Well, that's when we're like set up our set up governments in foreign countries. Yes, we like that's what we try to do. Yeah. You know, uh, just put somebody in place, create a puppet government, and take it from there. Yeah, it's been a highly successful foreign policy strategy of the United States for years. So, okay, so Bess is working with this tough talking ambassador who has personally brokered this deal with the fig eating despot. Right? We have yes. this kind of. He seems like the most undiplomatic diplomat the U.S. has ever fielded. Would you Would you say I, that to be true? I didn't even I, understand right, that character. I, I did. He was. I couldn't figure out why he was cast. He does seem like a disgruntled legislator. You know, which I could see if he was a member of Congress. Perfect in that role. But as a diplomat, and as a diplomat who has sort of this profound relationship with the current Algerian despot, that was hard to believe. He right. just uh, he just seemed like a political hack to me. He was kind of bigger than life until he died, uh, and then <laughs> then he was dead. All right, but um, uh, but you know things are going smoothly at the beginning. It looks like this plan is going to work out because this guy. The the uh, ambassador is the the linchpin to getting this whole deal done, and then uh, what does Best do? She convinces the current president to run as an independent, and that makes the rest of his party mad. So this ambassador pulls his support for this deal in Algeria. He you know has a blow up scene with Bess and the president and the chief of staff, and you know he's he can't believe that they bailed on their party. And then Bess, she is talking tough, man. She is talking tough. She gets him back on that plane. It's all about saving lives in Algeria. And uh, and then the guy promptly drops dead. So that's storyline number one. Yeah, I loved how they said he died uh, doing what he loved. Well, actually, at the moment that he dropped dead, he was ranting against Bess, which I'm not <laughs> – I don't know if that was really what he loved, but I do think he, uh, you know, the character was supposed to have loved the diplomacy bit. I thought there were a lot of funny lines in this show. I have to say, to be perfectly honest, I thought there were some great lines in this particular episode. Just some some nice little comedy with all the with all the seriousness, a little comedy. All right, second storyline we're going to talk about is, uh, you know, religion professor Henry. All right, he is concerned about the destruction of priceless artifacts throughout the Middle East, and this is real. Right, people. They keep, you know, these yeah. Terrorist look what groups. happened in Afghanistan. Look what is happening in Iraq. I mean, uh, Syria. It is, you know, it's just an incredible tragedy. And I thought Henry, in particular, was very credible in terms of his level of interest and how deeply he felt about saving this monastery that had these priceless. Uh, um, apostle figures. So, right, because despite the fact that here in America we think we're the center of the universe, for many, many years that part of the world, the Middle East, was actually the cradle of civilization. So they have artifacts that go back thousands and thousands of years that hold huge significance. So this is a real storyline. And so while Bess is trying to fight the good front to, you know, get rid of the despot in Algeria, Henry is trying to fight the good fight through the back door of the State Department to get some of these antiquities out of a monastery before they're destroyed by uh, the TV version of ISIS. And um, he wants UNESCO uh, to go in there and send in a team of archaeologists into what is a very, very dangerous situation. 
And yeah, that thing- looked that looked troublingly, and I just thought, oh, that sounds like bad news. You know, it's a very unstable government, very unstable times. They have these terrorists there that want to blow up the statues. You know, it it seems it was a very risky plan. But what Henry does, which is brilliant, and I think a really promising storyline for the rest of the season, because I just want Henry to get a bullwhip and a hat and get out there. <laughs> And start Indiana Jonesing some of these things. I mean, let's do it. He's a religion professor. He has ties to the State Department. He's military. He's trained. Last year, he was on that fool's errand to stop these, you know, uprisings all over the world. But this actually connects him to his specialty, which is religion. So I love this. So Henry's plan falls apart to save the artifacts in Algeria. Turns out it looks like they've already been taken. But he does figure out that the terrorists are using these antiquities symbolically, that they are destroying. They claim to be destroying them. We see footage of them you know, destroyed stuff in museums. But what he susses out is that they're actually stealing the antiquities, selling them on the black market, and using the funds to fund the terrorism. So love, love, love this storyline. And Julie, you know what it means. You means Henry is on board with Black Dog Station. I know. Black Dog Station is fired up, Lynn. I And I feel like this is an ideal assignment, like you, for Black Dog Station. Yeah. Uh, last season, you know, when they were fighting, you know, internet terrorists, it seemed a little more difficult, you know, that they were going to be able to crack some of these big hackers. But this, you know, the stealing and reselling of antiquities, that seems right up their alley. Dun, 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 dun. It's exciting. I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting to see Henry in action. Okay. And then. Nice, nice work, Liam. Thank there. you. Nice audio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then the final storyline is carryover and it's clearly going to also carry on. Uh, somebody is watching the McCord kids. And we yeah. know this because they hacked into their devices. They had reversed the camera. So they were watching them. There have been threats. Uh, and so Henry took all the devices to the FBI and they want to get him checked out. Uh, including Jason's phone. And here's the deal. As parents, Henry and Bess make the decision not to, quote, worry the kids about what's happening. So they just tell them it's just a routine security check. They're amping up the security because of blah, blah, blah. And the girls fall for it and just hand over the devices. But Jason, who's sort of the rebel child, the youngest son, is probably now like a sophomore or junior in high school, he, he refuses to hand over his passwords. First of all, I have a son like Jason who would totally refuse to hand over his passwords. So I related to this storyline. But Julie, I did not agree that they shouldn't tell the the girls. I I thought they should tell the children. Yeah, they should tell them all. Well, first of all, that's a classic parenting move, right? To lie to your children. I mean, (laughs) don't we all do that as parents? Okay, we lie about all things to our children. But they're so that was Henry and Bess. They are just regular parents. Uh, and they, you know, wanted to lie to their children. I don't think it's credible that they could that the, that the kids would accept this lie because they're all old enough, you know, to kind of figure things out. And like most parents who have lied to their children, you realize uh, quickly that the kids are smarter than you are, and they see through your lies. So, um, so they weren't buying any of this routine security escalation. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was very believable, particularly Jason's reaction. All right, things got a little chaotic after that. We're going to take a quick break here in the Madam Secretary recap. We want to give you a message from our sponsor, Glossier. And then when we get back, we'll break it down, the stories a little bit further. And we have to talk about what I think was really a top-notch show for the wardrobe this week. Don't you think, Joel? Spectacular. <laughs> 
for the Satellite Sisters. This is the Madam Secretary Recap. I'm Liz, here with Julie and Leanne, and we want to introduce you to our new sponsor, Glossier. That's G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R. And it's a beauty brand that they say is inspired by real life. And they asked us to try their new product called Boy Brow. And it really took me back to our roots, Satellite Sisterhood, because the very first show we ever did, we had a makeup artist on, our friend Mona Mensing, Mm -hmm. to talk about the importance of brows because your brows frame your face. And she always said to us, that if you do nothing else, you should take care of your brows. But it's intimidating. So, so Julie, you tried this thing out. What do you think of Boy Brow? I love Boy Brow. Let me tell you why. Because normally when you're trying to do something with your brows, it's two or three steps. you got to do things. This is one product, okay? And it's very easy. It's like a teeny tiny mascara brush. And you just brush this on your brows. And I'm telling you, they are thicker. They're fuller, but it's very natural. So you get a very groomed look that stays on your face. Your your brows aren't all crunchy. That's <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't fade away, Liz. Yeah, I mean, no, I know. Sometimes, and, you know, you this is something you would do every day because it's easy to do. It's a quick way to, like, give your, take your face to another dimension, give yourself some eyebrows. And it comes in three nice shades, so a blonde, a brown, and a black. Um, and I'm just saying I love it, Liz. You know, and Liz, I think it's fair to say if Julie can use it, anyone can use it. Because, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because of all the satellite that, that's, sisters. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Boy, wow. Julie yes. can do it. Yeah. You can well, do it. You, you're probably like the least um, aggressive with your makeup or just comforted, you know. So I'm glad that you can use this Boy Brow product, one simple product. And it's only 16 bucks. So, Satellite Sisters, if you want to check out Boy Brow and any other product at Glossier and get 20% off your first visit, here's how you do it. You want to go to their website, Glossier.com, G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R.com, and use the promo code SISTERS. So it's Glossier.com, and the promo code is SISTERS. You get 20% off your first order. You can try Boy Brow or any of the other fantastic Real Beauty products they have there. That URL again is G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R.com, Glossier.com. Use the promo code SISTERS for 20% off. Thanks, Glossier, for supporting the Satellite Sisters. And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the companies that support us. Thanks to Glossier for supporting the Satellite Sisters, Madam Secretary. Recap. All right, Julie, we're back. Uh, Madam Secretary, the linchpin is the episode. We really thought it was great. Um, first of all, I thought there were a lot of funny lines in this one. I mentioned it before, but I liked when the daughter, the middle daughter said, Hey, maybe I'll have a cute bodyguard. I thought that was really funny. Uh Just once in my life, I would love to be able to just walk like stride out of my house and yell out Blake motorcade. Like I (laughs) (laughs) love that. That is, that is like such a sense of power, power. Yeah. 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 I liked when Jason referred to his parents as the Stasi. I thought that was a good one. Yes. 
Yes, yes, because I think that is exactly what a very smart, uh, you know, teenager that's challenging their his parents on an intellectual level. That's he's challenging them with, you know, with good arguments. That's exactly what a teenager would do. So um, I th- I liked it when the parents also said we, but we already gave him the drinking talk. Yeah. You know, when- <laughs> Yeah, when Jason's caught. And then finally, I liked when uh, she arrived back home from her second trip to Algeria and Henry just said, war averted, nicely done. (laughs) I often get that greeting from my husband. (laughs) So, um, all right. So in this first storyline, the Algeria storyline, really the most shocking thing was the execution. Did you expect that to happen, Julie? The hanging. No, I thought it was, it may be the first in, in terms of television, a television hanging. I mean, I, I was really shocked. I was like, they're really not going to do that. Something's going to stop this at the last minute, but th- then it happened. So, uh, that was a very, and that right, that happens right at the beginning of the episode. So that's a very, that was very exciting. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then Bess, yeah, Bess, hey, Bess heads back there cause she's got a plan like Bess always does and she's going to make it happen. Henry said something about a general and Bess makes it happen. And the next thing you know, they've gotten rid of the fig eater. They've got the general in. Do you think there are going to be further problems in Algeria, Julie? Do you think, do you think I, this I is done so. there? Yes. Yes. I think, I think we're, we're going to see maybe more from this, uh, from this area. Yeah. Again, it's a, the foreign policy of the United States. This never works, but they, but they should go ahead and try it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I did think um, when the ambassador died, I just, I thought, first of all, what was the president of the United States doing there? Like hanging out at the funeral. That seemed a little weird to me. There's a lot of behavior at the funeral that didn't seem uh, appropriate. At yeah. all. No, I agree. I mean, there was way too much talking. They were obviously in a church. There was way too much talking. They're having a little staff meeting. And why is Bibi Newworth wearing maroon at a funeral? I, I just didn't understand why her outfit at all, because yeah. she's been at the State Department the longest of any of the characters. She's the one that is just the master of protocol. And uh, and and there she is in a maroon dress when, you know, she has a black dress. So it's not uh, I just didn't I didn't understand that as well. And there was a certain casualness to the president just kind of leaning back over the yeah. bench like Hey, I'm just waiting for the funeral to start. I don't I don't think that's how it works when the president shows up at your funeral, but I don't know. So, but the wife seemed fine with it. You know, she seemed fine. You know, like, you know, she definitely, she's probably in the CIA. Like there may be a future role for her. We don't know. But, uh, so, so Bess made it all happen there in Algeria. And we know Henry now has this mission. We're excited about that. I'm just excited about, um, Henry just putting the, the, when he puts the sunglasses in his shirt pocket, why why is that so attractive, Julie? What I mean, he just puts it. That triggers you. I don't know. It just it's working. Okay, it's, just, it's so attractive, and most men would look idiotic doing that. But Tim Daly putting the sunglasses down the front of his shirt, I totally believe that he's at any minute going to put those sunglasses on. It looks very real. Uh, all right, and then uh, and then finally the the storyline about the kids. 
Um, all right. Who do you think it is? Do you think it's the Russians, Julie? Someone has hacked into them. There's a very dramatic situation where someone calls the school and claims that Jason has a gun. Jason, of course, the holdout. He's got the gun. No, he doesn't. He has a SWAT team that comes in. That was very dramatic. And then Bess and Henry get this, you know, cryptic note at the end. We are watching your family or we can get to your family at any time. Who, who do you think it is? Well, I, I, my number one answer to those these kind of questions, obviously, is the Russians. But I also think I'm worried, is it Jason? I'm worried that, that he is, this is some elaborate prank or some elaborate thing to get attention within his family. So I don't know. I'm holding out. I know, you know, he looked like the victim of the, of these stalkers this week, but I'm not going to let him off the hook. So I have oh. him. Wow. So you think that Instagram account with the red cups may just be a red herring? Like he set himself up for that? Oh, right. Right. Could be. Could be. I'm just, I'm keeping that out there, Leanne. I'm not, I'm not certain. How about uh, the British boyfriend that I am very suspicious of? How about the Brit? Do you think? Oh, you think he's a double agent? agent? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there there are a lot of British double agents. So that's possible too, Leanne. I hadn't really given him much consideration because we haven't seen him in season two yet. We've just heard talk of him. So that's a possibility too. Or it just could be the plain old Russians. Yeah. could just be the Russians. Okay. Keeping our eye on that. We also, of course, every week keep our eye on the binders full of blouses. Bess's spectacular wardrobe. Julie, she was so on point this week in almost everything. We have talked about how sometimes the plotting of Madam Secretary is prescient, how it's incredible, how they manage to be so timely. They tape these shows. When we spoke to the the head writer and the creator and the executive producer, they said they work sort of 18 months out. That's how they think of it in terms of the actual timing of the show, like – in their alternative universe, this is happening 18 months later than our actual world. But sometimes the things they talk about on the show completely line up with news stories. And this week, completely lined up with the pussy bow blouse. Could you believe I it? Know. When Bass <laughs> showed up was. in that bright blue pussy blow, bow blouse that, of course, Melania Trump made famous last week at the debates, I didn't even know there was such a thing as the pussy blow it's hard to say, Leanne, but, the but I'm getting one. I'm now convinced I want one, okay? I mean, obviously, I didn't want a bow blouse before because I was around in the 70s and wore them the first time. Yeah. But now, now that if Bess can do it and Melania can do it, I can do it too, Leanne. Okay. It's just un- it's unbelievable. Also, we had a stunning black-on-black suiting look. She had the black yes. suit on with the black silk blouse. How great was that? I, that looked right up your alley, Leanne. I mean, I could see you in that. I, I, you can definitely copy that. Okay. okay. I, I also enjoyed the white, the gathered, roached silk blouse, a great blouse, just great blouses this week. And the white one was just kind of a stunning, innocent one. Great neckline on her. Loved it. With that crisscrossing. Yeah. It wasn't really a bow, but it created, it created some excitement. It did. Uh, it did, in, Julie. In the front, in, in the front area. Now I did have one that I wanted to just drill down a little more yeah. on of course i'm talking about the white blouse that where with the small little black bolero tie when yeah. she went back to algeria for the second time yeah. uh was that a black bra i don't know <laughs> oh jewel i gotta you I'm notice have to rewatch i did not notice yeah i want you to watch i want others to watch as well was that just a tank underneath or did i indeed see a little black bra peeking through okay which 
to me, was, uh, was shocking given the circumstances of where she was. But Bess is her own person. You know, she does her own thing there. Uh, but not, not what I would have chosen if I was going to orchestrate a coup in Algeria. But, you know, it seemed to work for her. And I also want to give a shout out to the blue. She had some good earrings this week. I noticed oh. some accessories. The little gold balls were good. And then she had these blue earrings that really brought out the blue in her eyes. Fantastic. Quite yeah. a touch of sparkle there. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's something that we'll definitely want to add to our wardrobes, Leon. You know, Julie, we, I did have a conversation on Twitter with another Madam Secretary fan who expressed concern over her hair. You know, we, we said it last week. We're not crazy about the long hair. Uh, this week they managed to give it a little bit of poof with, you know, curling it out at the ends. But uh, this Madam Secretary Twitter fan said, I don't understand, like, why doesn't her fashionista daughter tell her, Mommy, got to cut your hair? well we can only hope that we see that in next week's episode (laughs) maybe best will cut her hair in the in an upcoming episode yeah Yeah. i mean they gave allison they made her be the fashionista to separate her from the other kids and to give her something that her mom can't really relate to well let's put that storyline to good use let's have allison step in and say mom come on you got to go back to the the layer your hair is droopy yeah come on go back to the brett girl look yeah we need the bounce. We need the bounce, Bess. All right. Uh, next week on the show, obviously, more into the kids' storyline. That was kind of the cliffhanger. Maybe we'll figure out who it is. Uh, you know, I like that this episode wasn't so much about the presidential race because I'm concerned that she's going to have to be out there campaigning, and we're not going to see her going to Algeria twice in two hours, <laughs> like this week. So I hope that we don't do too much. I can't watch any more election stuff, really. <laughs> No, we can't. We're, we're, we're sick of it. I just want on one final security detail yeah. that um, on her second trip to Algeria, when she is reorchestrating this transfer of power in Algeria, she spent a lot of time chatting it up on the tarmac. Did you see that? Yeah. You know, she had the security guards around oh, her, yeah. but she was standing on the tarmac. And, and I can tell you, having spent a lot of time in third world countries, okay, you do, you run on the tarmac. You do not <laughs> yeah. spend any time. I, I was, I could barely watch that scene, Leon. I was like, get on the plane. Yeah quick yeah. and she, yeah. in one so, scene it was like everyone was in black and she had that great white coat on like it was a yeah. great shot but she was yeah. literally had a target on her back she had yeah <laughs> you're right we are concerned for your we yeah. are your security detail yeah. you need to you need to review that scene and up it for next week no more hanging around on the tarmac please okay Good point, Julie. That's an excellent point. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope that she treats her security detail well, because details coming out in those WikiLeaks about another former secretary of state. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But bucking protocol, just like like Bess did. I don't want to ride with you, stupid ambassadors. Come on. I want to go to the war college all on my own. Anyway, that made me laugh. It kind of made me laugh. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Uh, Thanks to Glossier for supporting this Satellite Sisters podcast. You can find all of our podcasts at iTunes. We do a weekly show. It's an hour-long show about news headlines, life, things happening in the world of entertainment and media. And we also do a recap of this uh, PBS masterpiece drama, Poldark. So you're going to want to check that out, too, if you watch Poldark. Uh, Julie, have a great week. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.